morning everyone, my name's Thomas. For those of you that don't know me, we are uh, going to be going through a short talk in the Bible just now. And we have been looking at prayer over this last few weeks. You can catch up on the previous talks if you uh, wish online on YouTube or have a listen. But we are going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer. Uh, a few of us might remember saying that prayer before school, in the mornings, or in some other context growing up. But we have Sarah who's going to be reading the passage this morning. So over to you, Sarah. Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Sarah. Uh, we're going to look at the line, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I, I want to start with a little intro to the kingdom of God. You know, what exactly is Jesus saying when he's speaking of the kingdom of God, when he's saying your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And what do we mean by the kingdom of God? Because it does sound a, a little bit like Game of Thrones, doesn't it? The kingdom of God. That's my, my Game of Thrones voice. I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I imagine that's how some of the talking goes. So the kingdom of God, Jesus speaks a lot about the kingdom of God and the Gospels, which means it's important. And a kingdom is drawn from the Greek word basilia. And it's an exercise of kingly rule or reign. And it's more than geographic. You know, you might initially think of the United Kingdom. But it's more than geographic. It is uh, the kingdom of God is a dynamic reign and rule of God. It's the dynamic rule and reign of God. So uh, in this passage, we see a literary pattern emerge in this verse. And we see it a, in a, few, a few times in God's word. Uh, it's called parallelism. Parallelism? Parallelism. That was too many L's. Parallelism. I'm going to stop saying it now. But uh, th that basically means connection and meaning through an echo of form. So English teachers, hopefully I'm getting this right. But with the opening line is followed by a line which gives a better understanding of the line before it. And there's a few examples in God's words of this. In Psalm 46, in verse 1, we read, God is our refuge and strength. And then and unpacking that, an ever-present help in trouble. We see it in Psalm 23 as well, where it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And we see it in this verse that we're looking at this morning. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus coming with the kingdom of God in him was invading earth to set the world straight. And he didn't just speak about it, he did it. We see that with his actions in the Gospels. The Gospels being Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And the very word Gospel meaning good news. He was a bringer and a doer of good news. So when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. We're praying for a longing for this world, for our city, for our region to be put right. And the kingdom of God is what things would look like if Jesus ran everything. So where we live, the times we live in just now, we live in this tension, we carry this tension as believers of, of Jesus, of living in the now, 
So seeing the kingdom coming now, seeing miraculous healing, seeing God's power invade, his presence invade into situations. But also we live with the tension of the not yet, where we see tough stuff and journey tough stuff happening. We don't always see God's will done. We see pain and suffering and life can be tough and sorrow can come. But the war is won. The kingdom is here, but it's not here in its fullness yet. There are battles. The enemy still has some ploys and plays and schemes. But we have a reassurance when Jesus comes back, we'll see Jesus win over it all. What a promise. I, I want to share two or three reminders this morning. And as we pray this prayer, as we say this line, that we would be a people who are reminded of the mighty power that God has and how he loves each and every one of us this morning. As Jesus was a kingdom carrier when he was here on earth, so we are to be if we know and love him. The kingdom is in us. The kingdom is in us. Just as it was with Jesus' buddies, the disciples, it's in us. And I want to, I guess I want to send across some pleas this morning based on this line of prayer as I've been chewing over it this week. Especially just now in this pandemic season of not meeting, not doing church in person. Uh, and I'm sure in this season, many of us, if not all of us, have had moments of struggle and disconnectedness and doubt. So a couple of reminders to stir us this morning. First of all, don't hold anything back. Don't hold anything back. I, uh, growing up and even now, I've not excelled at any sports in particular. Uh, I'm what I like to call a, a jack of all trades, a master of none. Uh, and that, that's, that's saying that very lightly. I'm not quite a jack of all trades at all. Some trades, I'm definitely not a jack. But I can throw a ball, I can hit a ball, I can run a little. Uh, I have a, a competitive edge in these moments and I, I love it. And in Aberdeen, we used to have a squash club at our old church. Every Monday night, it was so good and we'd have loads of people uh, connect from the local community that would come and I would go home, beetroot red, sit down on the couch and Mary would be genuinely worried for me. I'd be catching my breath. When we left to come to Inverness, one guy said, uh, as I was leaving that club, letting the guys know, oh, Thomas, he's a nice guy, but see when he crosses that line, he's a different man. <laughs> he's a different man. His eyes change, he's focused, he's focused, he's ready to play the game. I, I definitely, I definitely do. Whenever I, I play sport, I leave everything on the field. And that's a, a famous expression, isn't it? Leave everything on the field. When you go out, leave everything on the field. At the end of a game or career or a season, it can often be spoken of a person leaving everything on the field. I don't know about you, but this pandemic has stirred in me a hunger to leave everything on the field when it comes to walking with Jesus. To not look back full of what ifs, but to look back full of what if I nevers. Let me say that again. Not to look back at our lives with what ifs, but to look back in our lives with what if I never, what if I never, to not hold anything back, to surrender all, to give Jesus everything. When we pray your kingdom come, we say forget the kingdom of Thomas. We lay that down. 
I'm praying your kingdom. I surrender. I wonder, are we leaving everything on the field right now? Or is there areas, especially just now, that we're clinging on to for safety? Is there behaviours that we're turning to to make us happy, that temporary fix? Are there choices that we're making that consistently uh, centre on the easy way? Each day, are we truly leaving everything on the field in our walk with Jesus? Are we surrendering our time, our money, our energy to him? For us to pray this line in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, is a big prayer for in us. It's a big prayer. Are we trusting? Are we faith-filled when we pray that prayer? Are we nervous? Are we reluctant, perhaps? Are we holding back? I, I want to urge us to, to be open to God, what he is revealing through uh, this line this morning. And I want to pray for his spirit. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will come right now. doesn't matter about being on a camera. It doesn't matter that we're not in person, Lord. We're together in this moment. And I want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll come right now. You know our hearts. You know exactly what is stopping us from surrendering. You know exactly what the earthly pool is, Lord. I just want to pray right now that you would shake it off, Holy Spirit, that you would shake it off. We pray no more. Would you make us more like you with clean hands and pure hearts? There's a, a Baptist minister called F.B. Mayer, and I've got a little book actually, it reminded me. Uh, my dad gave me this book and it's dated 1889 and it's the Shepherd's Psalm. Tiny little book, precious little book. And it's written by F.B. Mayer. And he was a Baptist minister in the 1800s. And uh, this makes me look like a giant when I hold this book, so I'm going to put it down. He's a Baptist minister in the 1800s. He says this. I remember so well when he came to my heart and challenged me as to the keys of the fortress. Before I gave them to him, I put one small key in my pocket. Have, you, have not you done that and handed to him the bunch minus that key? He gave it back and said he could not be king at all if he could not be king of everything. I put my hand in my pocket where I had hidden it and said, I cannot give it, but you may take it. And he took that tiny key. He looked at me with those eyes which are as a flame of fire and said, are all the keys there? I said, all but this, and I cannot give it, but I'm willing for thee to take it. And he took it at that. Then they were all his. Jesus must have all the keys of our heart. Nothing held back. He must be at the centre of our purpose and desire in life. I wonder if uh, a few of us just need to open our hands with that one key and allow the Lord to take it this morning. Uh, maybe that has challenged us over a particular area. In our lives. So we have don't hold back. Secondly, don't give up. It's a choice, isn't it? And a faith step because sometimes life doesn't pan out how we plan it, especially just now with, I'm sure during these last few months, lots of things being cancelled and work not looking like as it should, childcare, the home is not looking like uh, it used to. And uh, we live with questions and the mystery of seeing God do amazing things, 
but also see great pain, grief, disappointment in this world. And we, we can't ignore that. We can't sidestep that. We can't be people of the now, seeing God do amazing things, God and his power with the miraculous, without realising that the kingdom of God isn't here fully. That we see illness, that we see depression, that we see suffering and pain and war. But we mustn't give up. We mustn't give up. We just can't give up. We are our week 20 something, 22 maybe, of this lockdown in terms of online services. And if you're saying, perhaps you're sitting, think, you know, online church isn't the same. I'm very, you know, I'm not connecting in the same way. It's not working. I want to urge you this morning to not give up. You might be uh, losing the motivation for uh, for work and for family and the spark is just gone and you're trying to dig to search for it. I want to say dig in and make space. Choose to be present. Choose to invite God in. Make a choice in this season to trust more and to, to, to look to him more. There are times uh, where I haven't got that right. But I know if I was ruled uh, ultimately by feelings and not feeling up to it, my life would have taken a very different course. And it's, it's often in the doldrums that God reminds us of our destiny. It's often in the doldrums, in the tough times, in the struggles. It might be a whisper. It might be a speck of light. It might be a reminder of when God's broken through and whispered to us and spoken to us. It's often when we make the choice, in spite of our circumstances, something reminds us or draws us back or something happens in us. I know certainly for me that is the case. So if you are sitting here this morning and you're, you're asking, God, are you with me? He is. He is. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. If you think God has uh, given up on you, he hasn't. He never will. He is calling this morning, be strong and courageous, as it says in the book of Joshua. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You might be asking, does God have a plan? He does. He has a plan for you this morning. You might be asking, does God see you? He sees you. He sees every single one of us. And he longs to journey this life alongside us. You might be asking, during the tough times, is God with me? God is with us in the mess. He is with us in the mess. So much so he sent his son Jesus to be born in a lowly stable, in the mess of a stable for us, to die on a cross for us. He is with us. What a reassurance this morning. What a reassurance. And on earth, God's will isn't always accomplished. The enemy still exists, but we live with hope this morning. I'm giving a little clap. We live with hope this morning, a glorious hope, a hope that should sustain us through the trials and tribulations, a hope that all things will be made new, a hope that sickness and death will be no more, a hope that the darkness will never, ever overcome the light, a hope that Jesus will return. Amen. Amen. I read somewhere uh, on Twitter, actually, this week, a quote that deeply resonated with me. 
and uh, it made me aware in this season and I hope it, uh, it stirs you as well. It says that Satan is far more likely to dull your affections over a decade than to destroy your soul in a day. I want to say church this morning, don't let your affections be dulled. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth, what we have going on, will grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace. We must trust. We must cling on to him. We must grip. We must turn to. We must worship Jesus and not give up. If you are struggling this morning, can I urge you to speak to someone in our church family, study each other, pray with each other, encourage each other, draw each other and point each other to Jesus. If you are doubting, again, spend time with people who know and love Jesus. We all have doubts. We all go through seasons. If you are dry, make sure that you know where to go for water and that you protect it with everything you've got. We shared last week about the faithful four. I'm going to try and remember them now. Praise once a day, stick on a worship song. Have a moment, whether it's five minutes in the car. I used to dash off to doors and just take 20 minutes and play worship music. Find somewhere uh, you can put headphones on and worship the Lord or just let the words fall on your ear. Ponder, take a chapter of the Bible. Try and do it first thing in the morning. Read that chapter. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Maybe read it a couple of times during the day. Ponder, praise. Prayer, spend a time in your day where you can deliberately and intentionally pray your thoughts. Pray what's on your heart. Pray uh, where you want to see God break through and pray it with the hope that we worship a God who uh, can make the impossible possible. Prayer. And then practice. Have one thing in your day where you prefer someone else. And stir faith. A text, an encouragement, a gift, time, energy, a random act of kindness. What I want to urge us in Vernes Vineyard Church is not to camp up and expect, expect things to change. We must keep moving. We must keep digging. Almost like a, a long haul flight. I've not been on many long haul flights, but if you forget... Uh, to walk, to get out and walk during long haul flights, take a wee walk around the cabin. You know, your legs get a bit numb and you forget how to walk. Get up and uh, keep walking this morning. Keep the blood pumping. And then finally, don't stop doing the stuff. We are kingdom carriers. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to go, as it says in Acts 1, 8, to the ends of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Sheesh, wow, wow. I want, I urge for our church family to have increased faith for the kingdom of God to invade. I pray and I long for more of the supernatural, especially where there's a hold in our city with darkness, that we would rise up, not to be held in fear, praying for a friend, not to be bound by fear over saying the right thing or getting it right, not to be crippled by timings or people's opinions or predicting what will happen, 
but we would be people that relentlessly go. That the Lord would give us eyes and ears to see and to hear what the Father is doing. And you know, some of us have stopped. Some of us are rusty. Some of us have never tried. You know, Jesus' mandate is that we get to play, that we get to play. And this next season, I believe for us as a church, there's a lot of playing to be done. To do this stuff, to love fiercely, to see him move in Inverness. Something is brewing and I can feel it. And I just want to say, don't hold back. I want to say, don't give up. And I want to say, Inverness Vineyard, don't stop doing this stuff. General William Booth was once asked to reveal the secret of his success. After some hesitation, tears came to his eyes and he said, I tell you the secret. God has all, had all there was of me. There have been men with greater brains than I have, men with greater opportunities. But from the day that I got the poor of London on my heart and caught a vision of what Jesus could do with them, on that day I made up my mind that God should have all of William Booth there was. It was this which led Dr J Wilbur Chapman, the questioner, to remark, I learned from William Booth that the greatness of a man's power is the measure of his surrender. 